Brought to you by Feitner Productions. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Laying Down the Law. I'm your host, Billy DeClerc, and I'm here with my son, Spencer DeClerc. And in the theme of multi-generational entertainment, today's episode is dedicated to my father. Happy birthday, Pop. Happy birthday, Dad. This episode's for you. Okay, I think that's good. Yeah, I think so, too. We're actually starting right now. We live in a world where nothing is what it seems. Seriously? Are you going to do that bit again? Are you going to keep doing the same ridiculous movie trailer bit? Um. Well, I mean, this is how I do my intro. It's like a the 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 Pablo Francisco bit or the joke from the movie uh, Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. We live in a world. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you right there, big guy. One sec. Okay, so I'm going to break down your thought process. First of all, it wasn't funny the first time. So you were like, you know, you want to know my big f***ing idea? You know what it is? I'm going to do it again. Because everyone knows if you do something you don't like and then you do it again, oh my God, people will go crazy. They'll go crazy. And, and second of all, second of all, it's your unfunny bit isn't even your own. You stole it from Jerry Seinfeld. Did you not get, <laughs> expect to like get held accountable for this? I'm so confused. Like, is, is the joke that Jerry Seinfeld's unfunny? Are you shitting on another comedian? Because, because you wrote the script saying that it's unfunny. I have the script right here. So either well, you acknowledge that you're stealing an unfunny bit from someone else to either ridicule them or to ridicule yourself, which I, I don't understand the basis to that. So, so you want to you level with me here, guy? Or you, well, I just want to point going? out something really what, important. What, what? You, said, you said another comedian, which implies that you think that I am a comedian, which I really appreciate. Actually. Oh, my That's God. A I'm, at, no, I'm leaving. You don't need to. I'm done. What are you, I'm come done. on. I'm done. <laughs> Spencer, dude. Oh, we're doing it. Wait, no, no. I thought we finished. Is this is this getting cut out? I don't know what's staying and what's getting cut okay, out. Okay, nothing's anymore. okay. Nothing happens until we say the name of the show. You understand? There's like t- four more lines in the script. Oh, shit. Okay, I, I you got to turn okay, the page. I thought, I thought it ended with me walking out. Oh no, you made that up. That wasn't even in the script. I. All right, just beyond unreasonable doubt. Just read that part. Uh, in the movie trailer. Beyond unreasonable doubt. And Verboten Productions present. Okay, wait, wait. Just you gotta make it like a little more low and growly. Just like bite every single. Rawr. Laying down the law with Billy DeClerc, your host. That's me. I thought you'd enjoy breaking the fourth wall and doing this whole like movie theater. I mean, oh movie God. trailer thing. Voice. Dead. Yeah. If I'm not gonna make that joke. The fourth wall has been so thoroughly destroyed throughout this entire bit. I I don't think there's anywhere we can go with this other than like more meta. This this podcast ended. is tethered to no reality at this moment. That's true. All oh, right. God. No, all of this content's going to be on the internet. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. I apologize to your children. Oh, I'm not showing them this. Okay. You're like, oh, oh, the little DeClercs, your, your pops did my podcast when I was less old and he was less old. Now I'm 170. 
Okay. All right. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, the law and so-called comedy podcast where we read real legal cases and then create improv comedy. Then we get real, dig deep, pick your cliche, whatever it is, and we get to know our guest. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to introduce my guest. He's currently a high school student here in Los Angeles who runs cross country. At Loyola. Oh, I wasn't going to say the name of it. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay? Yeah, yeah. I doxed myself. It's cool. Okay. All right. No such thing as privacy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He runs cross country. He's a gamer. He's an avid collector of all things Lego related. He's a lover of animals and nature, a passionate social justice activist who constantly challenges me to think deeply about things. Uh, He's my best friend and the love of my life. I want to welcome to the podcast after many, many requests, the very talented Mr. Spencer D. Clerk. Hi. I kind of feel bad for (laughs) all over your uh, bit right there. It was a nice intro. Well, I love you. It's you really know that guy. It's okay. Now, um, before we do our what? Before I we coughed. do our case, huh? I coughed. Oh, okay. Did I get you choked up there a little bit? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't have anything. I don't okay, know that's uh, all right. Yeah, that's that. That's welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's case of the week is at your request. Since you are interested, it's a case about video games. And since I'm old, it involves a very old video game and an area of the law I know pretty well called defamation. So this case is... Um, um, this morning I defamated in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I am so funny. Oh my God, you are God. hilarious. Poor you. You could have gotten me on an imposter syndrome day, but no, you got me on God disorder day. Well, that's why I picked Friday afternoon. Oh, yeah, baby. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. out of school. I've had what's, half what's a What's it called? Zero. God complex day. Yeah. yeah, I'm a God complex right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so this case is um, Mitchell versus Twin Galaxies LLC. And this is a case um, from Los Angeles Superior Court, Department 36. Judge Alarcon, and you brought this up the other day, and I thought, oh, well, we'll use this for the for the podcast. So defendant's special motion to strike or anti-slap motion is denied, and defendant's motion for an undertaking is granted. Plaintiff is required to post a bond in the amount of $81,225 within 30 days of this order. Background. This case arises out of allegedly defamatory statements made by Twin Galaxies LLC, which operates the website twingalaxies.com that publishes score records on leaderboards for video games and provides forum for discussion on video games. Twin Galaxies leaderboards records and rankings have been historically recognized as official records of achievement in video games and have been used by Guinness World Records. Plaintiff William James, aka Billy Mitchell, is a well-known figure in the video game community for his records in several video games, including Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, and others. Plaintiff first became prominent in the 1980s when he was included in a photo spread of game champions in Life magazine. In 1989, Plaintiff achieved the first perfect score in the original Pac-Man. In the 2000s, Plaintiff set record scores of 1,047,200 on Donkey Kong, the King of Kong tape, and 1,050,200 on Mortgage Brokers. I just got why the episode is called A Fistful of Quarters. Because... It's like a fistful of dollars, but you use quarters to play Donkey Kong. All right. 
I knew it was a reference to the Sergio Leone movie, but I, I didn't get the quarters part until like right now. Yeah, well, actually, it's from this. This, this I stole it from the judge. Oh my god. Yeah, well, it's, sorry, I, the judge know. stole it from something else. So, plaintiff has appeared in several documentaries on competitive gaming, including The King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters, two thousand seven. Wow, I I chose the the best time ever to interrupt. I think that was perfect. <laughs> exactly <laughs> perfect. Sergio, and you knew the Sergio Leone reference, which I couldn't have done. Um, cause I didn't, you know, I knew it was fistful of something or other fistful of dollars. I've never watched those movies. Are they any good? Uh, some of them are, I don't know. So I think they're, they're reputed to be good. Are those like the Clint Eastwood ones or some of them they're Yeah. They're called the spaghetti Westerns. Cause they're no, no, but Italy. isn't there a trilogy that is like fistful of dollars? I think the good, the bad and the ugly is one of them. Yeah. What's the third? The films are titled Fistful of Dollars, 1964, mm-hmm. for a few dollars more. Ah, yeah. And The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. A few dollars more is the frequently forgotten second movie in the trilogy. Second movie in the trilogy is always where they introduce the love triangle that doesn't really work out. So I think I think the second movie in the trilogy is always the weakest. Like Empire Strikes Back? That's an exception. Oh, that's an exception? Oh, like, <clears throat> okay, like The Two Towers. There are only two. No, the, the two towers that is from, up the, on that's from Lord of the Rings. Oh. Lord of the Rings. See, it's such a, it's so forgettable you forgot that it was the second movie. Well, yeah. Also, the Lord of the Rings movies have had a very minimal impact on my life. I gotta Why be is honest. that? I haven't watched them. Okay. What's another second movie in a trilogy that has had a big impact? Shrek 2? No, Shrek 2 is so good. Okay. And and Shrek, to, Shrek isn't a trilogy. It's four movies. Oh. Ah, come on! You're not researched. I didn't do my I okay. Come on, do my it was prep. it was on the prep sheet. I was like, oh, oh Shrek yeah, was on the research, prep sheet. Research, research the Shrek, Shrek movie. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, actually, so so the plaintiff is also the owner of Ricky's hot sauce. Hot sauce. I don't know why that's here, but that's what it's, it's the judge thought was important. Wait, wait, wait! We're cutting away from the whole Shrek thing. Well, no, I was just going back to the. I mean, this is a law and comedy podcast. We've got a lot of comedy, so I was trying to bring the law, but oh, let's skip that. It's a comedy podcast. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're 100 percent law. I'm 100 percent comedy. It's my episode. It's 100 percent comedy. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. You don't have to read the case. I'll tell you what happened. Okay, tell me what happened. So, Twin Galaxies sued. No, Billy Mitchell sued Twin Galaxies because they alleged that he his high scores were on changed version of donkey kong everyone was like what that's ridiculous billy mitchell is like this regarded guy you know he's so good he sued them for defamation and then they were like you can't do that i don't know really what an anti-slap is it's your domain and then and then there's like a new lawsuit now where they're claiming i don't know they're suing him for fraud essentially because they're saying the faked high scores the the new owner of twin galaxies is selling him because they're saying the faked high scores drove the price of the company up, and so he owes them like three hundred million for the damages. And it's like it's it's like upwards of six million in the lawsuit. He and his uh, business partner are getting sued. Okay. Yeah. All right. If if you want to do your whole thing with reading it. No, no, know, that's okay. I'm gonna skip. Some I'm gonna skip all the statement of facts in a changing world that doesn't care about men like you. <laughs> well, that's true. Why don't I talk about the anti-slap part? Yeah, for sure. That's okay, so an anti-slap motion, this is based on the Code of Civil Procedure, Section 425. First, the court must decide whether the moving party has met the threshold burden of showing the plaintiff's cause of action arises from the moving party's constitutional right of free speech. 
So basically, if, if it's a lawsuit relating to speech, constitutional right of free speech, the court has to decide if the moving party shows that the plaintiff's cause of action arises from the constitutional right of free speech. And then if, if it does, then the plaintiff has to show a probability of prevailing on the claim by present, presenting facts, which if proved at trial would support a judgment in the plaintiff's favor. And so the court considers the pleadings and they consider the evidence to determine whether there's actually, it, it's a minimal merit threshold. In this case, the defendant claimed that the causes of action arise from Twin Galaxies' protected activities because it's a written or oral statement or writing made in a place open to the public in connection with the interest of public interest. And they say that the statements are made in a public forum. The court agreed and basically says that the website is a public forum, meaning that the statements on the forum are part of the free speech. Prong two, the probability of prevailing on the merits. So now the plaintiff has to show a probability of prevailing on the claim by preventing, presenting facts, which if they were proven would support a judgment in plaintiff's favor. So it has to be based on admissible evidence and the judge doesn't weigh whether the, the doesn't weigh the facts as to whether they're pr probative or not, just whether there's any evidence. So defamation was the cause of action, right? So defamation is injury to reputation. A threshold issue is whether the plaintiff is a public figure. Here, the plaintiff assumes that he's a limited purpose public figure with respect to video game playing, which is the subject of the controversy. Because the plaintiff's public and longstanding career in video game industry alleged in the complaint and a plaintiff's declaration, the court accepts this acknowledgement. So the plaintiff is subject to an additional requirement to recover for defamation unless he proves by clear and convincing evidence that the libelous statement was with actual malice, that is with the knowledge that it was false or with reckless disregard as to whether it was false or not. So the defendant asserts the plaintiff cannot establish falsehood in the statement that was made by the defendant. And the statement was that he'd modified the, the console to achieve the Donkey Kong record, basically. Yeah, <clears throat> or that they like switched the motherboards of two uh, like arcade cabinets or whatever, something like that. Plaintiff says his scores were made on certified arcade boards in front of hundreds of people. And there was a there was an investigation preceding it. Wait, preceding it or proceeding it? What's that? Preceding it or proceeding it before or after? What did I say? Oh, preceding, preceding, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I wasn't sure which one you said, so. Yeah, okay, so here's what, here's what Twin Galaxies had said. I'm going back. Billy Mitchell's taped Kong, Donkey Kong score performance of 1,047,200, the King of Kong tape, 1,050,200, the mortgage broker score that were historically used by Twin Galaxy to substantiate these scores and place them in the database were not produced by the direct feed output of an original unmodified Donkey Kong arcade PCB. You know what's a PCB? No. Okay. Um, from a Twin Galaxy standpoint, the only important thing to know is whether or not the score performances are from an unmodified original Donkey Kong arcade PCB as per the competitive rules. We now believe they are not from an original unmodified Donkey Kong arcade PCB. And so our investigation of the tape content ends with this conclusion and assertion. With this ruling, Twin Galaxies can no longer recognize Billy Mitchell as the first million point Donkey Kong record holder. That's the... the allegedly defamatory statement. And so Billy Mitchell has to prove that was made with actual malice, with knowledge that it was false or reckless disregard of whether it was false or not. 
So he's going to go for reckless disregard, right? Yeah, because it's easier to prove reckless disregard as to actual knowledge. Like, if you don't care if it's true or false, that's reckless disregard for the truth. Yeah, but that's hard for them to prove because they have, you know, there's money concerned as to whether or not it's true. Yeah, and they're saying in that statement themselves that they that they had made, uh, they had conducted an investigation. So uh, defendant asserts that plaintiff cannot establish falsehood because the statement's one of opinion. It, they say it's a conclusion. So they made a specific finding, and this it's a, they considered a definitive determination. So a reasonable tr- fact finder could conclude that this statement declares or implies a provably false assertion of fact. In particular, that plaintiff's King Kong tape, King of Kong tape, and the mortgage broker score were not produced by direct feed output of an original unmodified Donkey Kong arcade PCB. A reasonable fact finder jury could find that is implied that actions were taken to make such circumstances occur. There's support as well that appears to imply that Twin Galaxies only makes definitive determinations based on sufficient direct evidence. Uh, this statement is made with qualifying language, does not under the circumstances, since Twin Galaxies hold itself out as an arbiter of sorts of the fact, necessarily makes a statement one where a reasonable fact finder would not understand it as fact. In other words, is a fact or an opinion statement because of the way they said it, they're saying it as though they, they, they find it fact. Okay. So as to falsity, the plaintiff has the burden to prove not only the falsity of the challenge statement, but also that the defendant acted with actual malice. And that has to be per- established by a preponderance of the evidence. To support his burden to prove falsity, plaintiff attests that the King of Kong tape was made on an original unmodified PCB. Plaintiff cites to evidence for the mortgage broker's score, there was an on-site referee adjudication and the hardware was verified by the senior engineer at Nintendo. Walter Day, who's the founder and former owner of Twin Galaxies, attests to the on-site referee adjudication and plaintiff has submitted declarations by referees Todd Rogers and Kimberly Mahoney. These referees attest to the integrity of the arcade machine, that the machine was an original Donkey Kong arcade machine with original unmodified hardware. Next, the plaintiff attests to having complied with Mr. Day's requirement to verify the hardware with the senior engineer at Nintendo, Wayne Shirk, and attests that he never accessed the hardware before or after the performance. Plaintiff also provides evidence in support of the Donkey Kong tape, showing that the score could be achieved. This evidence, however, supports that the scores were achievable rather than going to the integrity of the hardware itself. Last, plaintiff provides testimony that the possibility of plaintiff using MAME emulation for the scores is unlikely or impossible because the specific version of MAME alleged was not created until after the King of Kong tape. Defendant asserts it can prove the truth of the statements and they offer evidence that the scores could not have been made in an original unmodified PCB in the declarations of Jason Hall and Carlos Pinheiro. Mr. Hall attests that the Twin Galaxies tested the scores by attempting to reproduce certain artifacts on the girders drawn up in the game, including a girder finger that appeared in the King of Kong tape and the mortgage broker's score and was not able to capture the same artifacts in its testing. Pinheiro attests that the person who started the dispute claim also demonstrated that the girder finger, uh, artifact on the girder, is the girder, those are like the ladders or something? I don't know. Do you know? Okay. I don't know what, what's going on right now. Okay, so they're talking about in the 
Well, with, with the girders. The girders. I think those are the, the like the ladders in Donkey Kong. Yeah. So is it like saying that's where There's they like, observe the cheating? They, it's that they're little artifacts in the girders drawn in the game. So maybe there's like the like the, the I, I don't know horizontal things that Donkey Kong you run up. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think. But there's these artifacts, and he couldn't reproduce them. Yeah. So, so there's a dispute, and so in this. In this case, on the initial motion, the court does not find that plaintiff's claim of falsity has been defeated as a matter of law. So the question is whether there was actual malice. Because he's a public figure, the plaintiff has to show that the defendant acted with actual malice and prove it by clear and convincing evidence, which is like a higher burden than the preponderance of evidence, requiring the plaintiff to demonstrate by a finding of high probability the Twin Galaxies either knew the statement was false or subjectively entertained serious doubt the, treatment was, the statement was truthful. So plaintiff offers the evidence that Mr. Hall told Mr. Day that he didn't care about the referees who could verify the hardware, that Twin Galaxies never contacted the referees, Twin Galaxy disregarded verification of the hardware, Twin Galaxies used biased investigators, that Twin Galaxies in fact, used other sources outside of its rule. And so they claim that that shows actual malice because there was no need to rush to publish a statement. Plaintiff's evidence supports on a phone call to Mr. Hall on February 24th, 2018, plaintiff asked Mr. Hall to interview Twin Galaxy personnel and eyewitnesses. And he stated, I don't care what anybody says. The evidence supports that Mr. Hall made a website post stating that because the dispute concerned whether the performances were made by MAME recordings and not original arcade gameplay, quote, it does not matter one bit whether what someone knew or didn't know. TG does not care about certified boards or any other non-relevant item to the dispute claim. What matters is the actual content on the tapes as it stands. Either the performances on the tapes were produced by the original Donkey Kong hardware or they were not. Plaintiff attests that Mr. Hall, in phone conversations in April 2018, again refused to interview plaintiff's proposed witnesses and documentation, stating it doesn't matter and that he didn't care. Plaintiff also has evidence that Mr. Hall called Mr. Day on March 13, 2018, uh, about a month before the statement, during which Mr. Hall asked, how will you feel when I announce that Billy cheated? Plaintiff alleges this shows Twin Galaxies' decision had already been made, prior to completion of Twin Galaxies' investigation and prior to a Facebook broadcast reviewing videotapes of plaintiff's scores. Plaintiff provides evidence that Twin Galaxies did not contact referees of the mortgage broker score who attest to the hardware's integrity. So that's basically all of the evidence that the plaintiff had, that basically they didn't care, they had already decided, it was a foregone conclusion, right? and that, that, that showed that there was actual malice. Yeah. Okay. So defendant asserts it defeats the claim of actual malice as a matter of law. It relies on its investigation process and the rules of its dispute claim process. Okay, and you go into the dispute claim process. Basically, the, the court found that the plaintiff had satisfied the burden. He goes through a long thing about the, about the rules and how the rules applied and stuff, and basically said the plaintiff met the burden on the anti-slap motion of a prima facie, case that's like the initial you know do you have a basic case yeah supporting actual malice sufficient to overcome the burden of minimal merit right okay so there there's more to it but basically the point is that the court said it's not there's no anti-slap here 
because the plaintiff has shown enough evidence that there was actual malice on the part of the um, twin galaxies. Of twin galaxies, because they basically didn't care, and right. so it's like reckless disregard for the truth. But that's part one of multiple lawsuits, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so procedurally, what's going on here is that they filed. So Billy Mitchell files a lawsuit for defamation. Yeah, he says you you defamed me. You said I didn't achieve the scores when I actually did. They say, we're filing some motion saying it's our right of free speech to say whatever we want. And there's a real consequence to this because an anti-slap motion, as you know, um, you were, you know, cause you saw that John Oliver thing, right? Yeah. That, that the defendant can actually get their attorney's fees if they win. Right. Right. So they just, so the plaintiff just has to show that there's an actual chance that they can win. And so they have to put all this evidence in basically to establish they could that he could win the case. And the judge here said, yeah, he could potentially win the case. And so yeah. it does go on. There's this point, part about um, a motion for an undertaking, which is like a whole other technical thing I won't even get into, which basically it's like a you the, the um, plaintiff has to pay money to the court in case he loses. That's like a whole other part of this decision, but it's, it's, it's super complicated. But basically it means that the plaintiff can go forward with his case it doesn't get thrown out because an anti-slap, if it gets slapped, the case gets completely thrown out. Yes, exactly. All right. Did I bore you completely? Did you, nah. fall, did you fall asleep? It was very legal. This was, is a law pod. This, this is a law podcast. Well, no law and comedy. We're like 50-50. It's supposed yeah. to be 50-50. You're the law and the comedy. I'm the, <laughs> I know. You got to come on every episode because I go into like, yeah. it's all this detail and stuff. And, and often what happens is my guests will interrupt me, but I guess you're being respectful. Oh, okay. I or, was or supposed you to asleep? interrupt you. Or were you asleep? No, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do because uh, you're I like trying to redirect to the law. So I was like, should I, I leave him be or what? No, yeah, you could have totally interrupted. But, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Was anything like like jumped out at you? But the weird thing is like I was, I was doing research on this. Apparently like a lot of people in the Donkey Kong community think like uh, Billy Mitchell didn't even get the first one million. Some other guy got it. And then... Twin Galaxies, when it was owned by Walter Day and Billy Mitchell, like purposely hid that dude's score so that like Billy Mitchell would be the first, you know. And then there's there's just like a crazy just lore behind like the just the the levels of deception of like Billy Mitchell where in the newest one, the newest lawsuit, it says like something about Billy Mitchell, like congratulating his friends on like. He, 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 like, associated himself with, like, felony felons and, like, pedophiles. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's, like, it's there's, like, levels of insanity to this story. What? Whoa. Tell and me And then more. another part is, like, Twin Galaxies made it seem like Billy Mitchell was presented the award for, uh, like, greatest um, video game player of the 20th century by, I think, the creator of Pac-Man. In reality... They flew to Japan, asked for a photo op at Sega with the creator of Pac-Man, I think. And the award wasn't from the guy who created Pac-Man. It was from Walter Day to Billy Mitchell that he was the (laughs) best video game player of the century. And so there's this photo op in the... Did you like print it up using like Microsoft Word and like... Yeah, (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) To that effect. Participation ribbon. Yeah. And then they made it seem like he got it from the creator of Pac-Man. When in reality, it was just like, you want an award? 
<laughs> Billy, I got a award for you. <laughs> so it's just like these yeah. decades of fraud and lying. Wow. It's crazy how crazy people are about video games. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, it's people. like a generational thing because like I, you know, I'm old enough to remember like when um, you know, there's no such thing as consoles. And if you were going to play a video game, you had to go to like the pizzeria and like basically keep hitting. I kept hitting up pop for, uh, for quarters. Yeah. And I think, I think they kind of enjoyed it cause they could like, like basically get pretty cheap babysitting. They could walk in with a roll of quarters and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah go play video games. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was never good. So I went through the quarters pretty fast. Yeah. No. And that's remained true to this day. Still not good at video games. <laughs> 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 you, you talk about cheap babysitting i gotta babysit you every time we play mario <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah uh, i need a place a relationship and a color that's how you do improv right well sometimes but see so like in the um in the we can keep this in in the um no, we'll cut this. Like in the conservatory or in like the UCB method, like yeah. they or like you know how um Middle Ditch and Schwartz start their improv where they like interview an audience member. Yeah. And then they just kind of draw facts. So instead of yeah. like totally. specifically saying asking for the information, you'll kind of pull it out of the things that you were talking about or that you know, like you know, we've had, so we have like elements of improv, we have like quarters, um, pizzeria, we have the high score, we have giving an award to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, giving an award to your kid, all these different elements of what we've been talking about. And so you just kind of start yeah. pulling from that, right. um, you know, to, to create the improv scene. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll start the recording like here. We could keep the, I mean, we could keep this all in. It's kind of part, it's, it's cool to like look behind the curtain too. And we've, we've already established that this episode is totally meta anyway. Yeah, I so I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's meta some... enough for us to regard that it's meta. So. Yeah. You know what's uh, weird is when people get really meta on Reddit. Yeah, you're not on Reddit, are you? Not at all. You're a little, you're a little, a little Twitter liberal. <laughs> you're like, oh, Blue Bird app, give me likes. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what would be super meta is if we started doing an improv scene where like it was a father and a son. That yeah, I think that would be too. That would be like meta. a little too meta. Well, because it's like a, a relationship like improv, we already have. Right. Or like an improv scene about, you know, a father and a son recording a podcast together. It was always a scene. What? It's a Christopher Nolan movie. It was always an improv scene. Oh, I don't We're get... We're at UCB right now. It's an audience. <laughs> They're watching us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are just so immersed in the improv. We can, we can feel our surroundings. I'm picking up stuff. I'm picking up a delicious cold bottle of Coca-Cola. <laughs> setting a delicious bottle of cold, refreshing Coca-Cola back on the desk. That isn't even there because we are doing a bit. Yeah, this is it's a scene. A we are at UCB Franklin right now performing a scene about a father and a son recording a podcast. We are stuck in the Matrix. We got into the Matrix to perform a scene and we are stuck. Pull us out, Neo. Pull us out, Neo. <laughs> you know, let's just, can we just talk about HelloFresh? Oh my God. HelloFresh is Let's talk the best. about Hello. Let's just talk about HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Can you please sponsor us? You yeah. guys like actually rule. I think they should oh actually my God. sponsor. Yeah. I think they should actually sponsor the show. Yeah. I mean, they, 
you know, you're getting like eight impressions a week. <laughs> That's like a potential like two or three customers for you. Uh, yeah. It's definitely worth a brand deal. It's definitely worth a deal. Do you have sponsors or like, can I? No, can they're I... all, I have, they're all fake. Okay. Yeah. You don't have sponsors? No. Okay. Cool, None so. at all. I mean, I like, sometimes I like, I have like other, I'll probably have another podcast advertised on this, but okay. um, I don't know if anyone wants to be tarnished by being associated with me yeah well that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say if you don't have sponsors then i can say say whatever you just want about whatever i want yeah if we get sponsors we can go back and we can like beep a bunch of stuff out <laughs> like cut it down i have yeah. no idea <laughs> this episode's gonna be like three or four minutes long but you know but but in all seriousness like okay, we, yeah. we 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 did go with hello hello fresh because from watching with drew gooden and with danny gonzalez yeah all those guys <clears throat> they could and so we tried it this week because we're oh my like, God. and it's like and it, so good. It is really good. It's like high quality. We're doing a gas <laughs> for them. No, but I do seriously actually enjoy it. And we got to cook together. It was really fun. Yeah, no, it was. No, I had fun. Like it's, it's pre-packaged and pre-measured. So you don't have to worry about those pesky measuring. I know. And like actually being someone with potential dysgraphia, it's like so easy, like not having to measure stuff. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's like put one packet of mayo into the sauce yeah you're like okay yeah well and like and the thing is like it's fun for me because like i could be your prep chef and kind of like your sue and we can talk and it's fun whereas like in this freaking pandemic like there's not much else to do well yeah there's not much else to do (laughs) number one number two like getting groceries is like a major pain and even thinking about planning things and i like completely have exhausted everything i know how to cook i feel like the the point of the pandemic where it's like feels the scariest is the grocery store because if you go to the mall and stuff like people won't be wearing masks they'll be like you know doing whatever the grocery store like everyone's got like gloves and masks it's scary it's seriously intense it's seriously intense and it's like <clears throat> but but i mean i think it's been it's been good and, and actually as a parent like thinking about you going off to college and stuff like when i'm cooking the stuff with you, i'm like this actually could be helping him like when you have to cook stuff on your own, you'll have more experience of trying different recipes and be like, yeah, I know how to make roast potatoes or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not that you will, but you'll know how if yeah. you want to. Or, impre- if you or want I to could just get hella fresh in college. That's true. <laughs> you could. Yeah, that's very, very true. All right. Well, you college. know what? I, I kind of feel like uh, what? No, no, go ahead. Where you no, no, I was going to I was going to move to to part oh. three. But but if we're here, we'll stay here. I mean, speaking of college yeah. and eating, mm-hmm. those college cafeterias are such a scam. They're like, do you want to eat shitty hamburgers for three hundred dollars a year or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more than that. I think it's like, what, twelve hundred a year? I, yeah, I don't. It's I don't got to be like costs, that much. But it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in college, I went. So I went with like you were if you lived in the dorms you were required to have a meal plan i guess because they didn't want you to starve so mm-hmm. there was like a minimum you don't have a kitchen in a dorm right you don't have a kitchen you got a sink and i had like a little refrigerator like our soda fridge back there so they had like different levels of plan there's like a 10 meal a week plan a, a a 15 meal a week plan and the 19 meal a week plan and you basically there was like meal time and you went 19 meals is all the meals Just eating 19 meals a week that's like <laughs> 19 meals it's well 21 is three a day so it's three a day so it's it's two on the weekends it's brunch on saturday brunch on sunday that's so they're like they're like okay you can starve on the weekend it's okay well no i mean brunch was like brunch was like like 8 a.m or 9 a.m until one o'clock or whatever so that's oh okay and like college students tend to sleep in on the weekend right you know 
Um, so you definitely have a real college degree and you definitely went to college. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, uh, well, you could talk about Whittier college and we could talk about, uh, Nixon if you want. Oh yeah. That would be good. Dirty President Nixon took us off of gold standard causing economic inflation. Yes. <laughs> It's all it's all tied together, and then yeah. we can tie that into you know the time I saw Al Franken and at Whittier yeah. College. Oh my God, you should tell that story. That's a weird story. Okay, so I'll t- tell it for the podcast listeners. And uh, when I was in college, was uh, 1993 through 97. Nixon died while I was in college. They actually had a. Uh, I went to Whittier College, which, for those of you who don't know, is Richard Nixon's alma mater. And um, we had a speaker, and the speaker was Al Franken. This was before he became senator and then became disgraced. At the time, he was Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live. So we're like excited. We're like, oh, we're going to see Stuart Smalley. And then he just came in and just started like roasting Nixon. And basically, we're like, we were here to see Stuart Smalley. Like, we don't even really like care or know about Nixon. Well, Nixon had been more than 20 years prior to that. Uh, I think you weren't weren't even alive. Oh, he had been, he went to Whittier like seventy years prior to that. Yeah, because nineteen I was born in nineteen seventy four, which yeah, was the after year, Watergate. Yeah, after Watergate. So, so like you would have no, literally no context. no operating memory or no <laughs> like that, that would be like that would be like someone coming to speak at my school and doing like a half hour on like I don't even know like Bush. Yeah, no, it wouldn't even be. I mean, Bush would be like. No, it would be like someone doing. It would be like someone doing forty-five minutes on Monica Lewinsky at my high school. Yeah, I'd be like, none of that. None <laughs> yeah. of that shit's gonna land, right? People are like, I have no frame of reference for this. People would be like, I've heard about this in stand-up, right? <laughs> like really old videotape yeah. stand-up, yeah. right? Yeah, so he basically like like you know it's it's always good you know when you're jokes bomb to like insult your audience, which is basically what he did. Well, yeah, that's that's sort of a way to get the audience on your side because if you treat this is a fun fact I learned if you treat people like <laughs> they'll actually like you more. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I know that's a, that's a, that's some, like some good advice. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of the pieces my uh, wonderful father gave to me. You know, like stop and smell the roses. People who are stupider to you, to stupider than you till they like you, you know, things along I, that line. Yeah, I, I, yes, yeah. I, that's good fatherly advice. All right. Yeah, I had a really good dad. He was an asshole, but I liked him. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh my god, you're killing me. You are not me. yet. <laughs> Listen, buddy, you're a contingent beneficiary on the life insurance policy. Okay, so you'd have to life also insurance. take out mom. So, and I know you would never do that. That's true. Um, okay. Did you finish telling the Al Franken story or did we? No, that was kind of all there was to it, but the, but we didn't finish talking about the cafeteria. Yeah. Oh my God. But basically, so I was like, yeah, I'm not signing up for 19, 19 meals a week. First of all, I never go for breakfast. Breakfast was like, like 7am to 9am. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to get out of bed, roll and go straight to my first class. I'm not going to like go get cereal. Yeah. Um, or well, I, no, had stuff I mean, in my room. I think they were over anticipating the uh, vigor of college students towards lukewarm, watery eggs. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I did have friends who like went there in the morning and like super nerds, but they'd go in the morning and have like a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, those 
nerds who are my friends. Yeah. And they, they would, they would <laughs> be nerds in college and I would bully them, but they were my friends. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like who like gets, you know what I'm going to do? I'm 19. I'm going to get up and go have coffee and eggs before I go to my, you know, um, you know, world civilizations class. Like, no, that's just not real. But anyway, so I didn't do that. And then I worked at the cafeteria. Your golf instructor from Alhambra Country, Country Club was my coworker at the Whittier College, the Campus Inn. We were coworkers. We worked brunch shifts together, operating the waffle makers. He's like, we became the student managers. It's true. My grandfather works at the same golf course that uh, Peter does currently. And I have, I have a bit of insider information. I know a lot of the older gentlemen who, <laughs> yeah. you know, frequent that. That sounds creepier than no, uh, I meant doesn't. it. My grandpa goes there a lot and he works there. So apparently your friend who you worked with in college will remain nameless. Uh, well, we he, said his name was Peter. Uh, we'll, that was established. We'll bleep it out in the edit. Okay. But um, basically he was stealing shifts from other people at the golf course because uh, the guy who owned it was like looking at retirement is he didn't really want to own the golf course anymore. So Peter was stealing shifts so that the guy would make him the owner. So he was like telling these like 70, 80 year old people like, oh no, don't come into work tomorrow. And then he was acting like he was covering for them when in reality he was like stealing their shifts (laughs) so that he could own the golf course. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's at least my understanding of the situation. I might be wrong. Yeah, but there was there was some shady things going on at uh, the golf course. It's well, a public just, golf course. So just it wasn't so you even don't like get sued for defamation. Yeah, just so you don't get sued for defamation. Let's just put some wiggle words in there. It's my understanding. I've heard it on good information. It's my opinion, etc. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I've heard. It's a grapevine. May or may not be true. Yeah. Also, he's not a public figure, so we'd have to show uh, actual. They'd have to show uh, higher level of yeah. malice but uh we're gonna bleep his name anyway so it doesn't matter yeah okay yeah stealing ships at a golf course that a municipal golf course not I mean, even a country club I mean, how do you own a municipal golf course or it's not a municipal golf course but it's not a punch no club. it's a municipal golf it course. is yeah but maybe there's like a or he, he ran it whatever should we do some oh like become like the maybe the pro I, shop maybe the yeah, pro shop anyway the guy who he had the record there and i think that he got it not not uh not our friend who was stealing shifts, the guy who owned it before he retired. Uh we can say his name. His name was Jerry. Uh he he had the record and then he started working there and they were like, You have the record, you're in charge now, I think, <laughs> or something like that happened. <laughs> oh it's, like a, it's like a barbaric thing. <laughs> you hit golf ball least time, you golf man. <laughs> or whatever whatever they call people who work at a golf course yeah it's sort of like just to like fold things all together you know we started out talking about the record in donkey kong and the tape and then he becomes the owner of the leaderboard right and, and the lawsuit for death see how it like all connects well i mean the only thing keeping us from apes is law the only difference between monkey and man is the man is that man has the ability to self-govern. That's why we govern the monkeys. In a world where man seeks to lord himself over the apes, one man is separated from the apes by words we call laws. One man 
That worked out really well. Yeah, that was I, I feel good. like that was, I, I kind of set you up for that. You did set me up for that. That's actually yeah. the trailer to the first episode. Do you remember that I played that for you? I don't know. They are called speaking, they're speaking apes, something like that. Sometimes I wish like monkeys like had the brain of humans. So like you would just go to like the, I don't know, you just like be driving. There'd just be like a f-ing orangutan next to you. You're like, oh yeah, that's normal. I mean, because there's what? What is there separating us from monkeys? Like, really? What? Like a couple of years of evolution? I mean, uh-huh. it's very clear sh- chimps and humans both shared a, like a common ancestor. Yeah, we look very similar. So, what like separates us? I don't like, know. They're still like climbing trees and shit, and we're what are humans doing? What are humans doing up up to these days? What are they up to? Uh, global warming. Uh, Mr. NPR, uh, gloom <laughs> and doom. Uh, all right. So the, the the third part I always do is the laying down the pretense. I ask you real questions. Okay. Oh, okay. You don't have to answer them if you don't want to, but but they're like sort of be like deep deep questions. Okay. I kind of hijacked the whole bit where we do improv. If you could have one superpower, what would it be, and why? If I could have one superpower. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's hard because if you had super speed. You could just do shit really fast and then spend time on the things you like. And also you could be like famous for being fast. But if you were strong, I feel like it would be really cool to just like be able to like punch something and for it to just break, you know? I don't know. That's hard. I feel like that's a question like everyone gets asked at like every uh, like uh, seminar or like you know, that sort of, or like an icebreaker for school, you know, but okay. I, I think I would go super speed, super speed. Yeah. Okay. How about this? If you could live in one place anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Um, anywhere. Yeah. I think it's um, the, the question is designed. So you can't say like, I travel all the time, you know, if you could live one place. I would live in Jeff Bezos's house in his bed. And every day he, when he gets up, I'd be like, hi, Jeff. Good morning. <laughs> Is your money corrupting your soul yet, Jeffy? Good morning. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> crying because he's all alone. And the only person he has left is like a little gremlin who lays in his bed. Because I mean, okay, so if you, so have, if you have that big of a house, would, how long do you think I could like realistically live in Jeff Bezos's house without him knowing? Because that dude has like huge, like gigantic homes. I mean, I'm guessing he probably has security. Okay, next question. Anyway. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? If I could change anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make billionaires redistribute their wealth. Okay. Why? Uh, they don't need all that money. <laughs> next question if you made right like, on point if you made uh like 300 grand a month since america was founded i don't think you would have as much as elon musk yeah new richest man in the world actually i want to change my answer from earlier i don't want to live in jeff bezos's bed i want to live in uh elon musk's bed okay and be like elon your puppy owned an apartheid emerald mine. Elon, <laughs> you're the bad guy. Come give me good morning kisses, Elon. 
<laughs> I mean, like, look, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are plausible supervillains, both of them. Oh, my God. And the video of uh, Jeff Bezos with the robot glove. Yeah. He starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> well, and like, <laughs> just so like, like giving your children bizarre names and like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then like the, the bald thing with Jeff Bezos having like the bald head and like the, you know, very distinctive laugh. It's like they, they're like. They're 90% of the way towards being yeah, supervillains. They're trying to put like drones in the sky. They're putting their cars in space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's That's, all supervillain shit. I mean, Elon, uh, not Elon Musk. Um, uh, the bad guy from Iron Man two was literally based on Elon Musk. No way. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Justin, you know, the guy, I'm, Sam Rockwell. Uh-huh. Okay. His, his character's name is Justin, I think. Okay. Uh, his character was like totally based on Elon Musk, and he's like Tony Stark, but not as smart. Um, okay. Who is the most inspirational person you've ever met in person? In person? Yes, in person. Well, I meet Jesus every day when I pray, and he's mighty inspirational. Come on. What? Seriously. Come on. You haven't encountered Jesus in your life? I have Are every you... day when I pray, but I'm talking about for real. So Jesus isn't real, Dad? No, a re- human being. Come on. Jesus was fully human. Stop messing with me. I'm not. Okay, no. Come on, think. Do this. Do it. Come on. I'm you don't doing have to, it. You don't have to if you don't want to. But I'm doing it. I said my answer is Jesus. Okay. Second most. Second most. After Jesus. The Holy Spirit, I of course. I knew you were going to say that, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. Are you going to work your way through the Trinity and then be like, yeah. Saint, Saint, Saint Ignatius of Loyola? <laughs> She's going to keep messing. All right. Fine. I'm not no, gonna, I haven't I met Saint Ignatius of Loyola. He's been dead for like 200 years, Dad. Okay. Don't be ridiculous. All right. Okay. Let's assume there are some parents listening to the podcast. What's one piece of advice you'd give to parents or to me? Well, if it's to you specifically, uh, give me money. <laughs> That's 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 always good. That's good advice for anyone. Take that advice. Give me Spencer money. Okay. I think I think that's a great bit of advice. Okay. Um, okay. No serious answer. Uh let your kid be free. Like the more you try and make your kid a person through like rules or like you know saying oh you can't do that, like the further it just pushes them away from you. So the more stuff you let your kid do and try the closer it brings you to them. You know, if, if your kid's like quiet, don't force them to be loud. If your kid's loud, don't force them to be quiet. You know, if you're, un- unless your kid's like committing crimes or your kid's like on like Nazi subreddits, but anything other than that, like really, it's just let your kid be who they are. Okay. Do you think we do that? Yeah. Oh God, that you guys are so good at that. Okay, thanks. That means a lot. I don't cry. It's a comedy I'm, podcast. All right. No, this is the part where we just... Oh, cries every day. I do. No. That's yeah. true. Especially but in during, a good way. In During the pandemic. In a very manly way, he cries. He cries when he's overcome with emotion. I do. Yeah. I do. It's kind of funny because I have to take care of him like he's a baby. I'm like, oh, it's okay, Dad. Yeah. Well, I love you a lot. Um. Okay. Sorry. Um. So mom always asks us to name things that we're grateful for. What would you say that is today? Um, man, I'm grateful that I just have such beautiful feet. I love my feet so much. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm grateful for Jeff. 
Jeff is awesome. Thanks he for having awesome. this, Jeff. He is awesome. Yeah. Everyone, te- uh, tweet at Jeff with his Twitter handle at Verboten PM. Tweet at Verboten PM. You're awesome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's cool. He's a good guy. Oh, he is. I know. And he's got his own podcast for the trees. What's the next big thing for you? I'm going to. Well, I'm going to complete a quick application, and then uh, tonight I'm going to get on the phone with my friends and play Minecraft until my eyes hurt. That's what's (laughs) next for me. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Did you have any other comments? Laying down the law is a product of beyond unreasonable doubt. It's produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Productions. Music, Galactic Damages by Jingle Punks. Cover art courtesy of The Mighty Q. I want to thank all of our listeners. Shout out to our listeners overseas in Austria, the Russian Federation, Finland, India, and Australia. If you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend and subscribe, write a review, and leave us a rating. Five stars, please. It really helps us reach more listeners just like you. Please feel free to tweet at Max Hedrum ESQ. That is a reference to something that I'm too young for. With any questions, comments, or suggestions, I'm your host, Billy D. Clerk, a.k.a. Max Hedrum Esquire, and I am an eighth grade mischief in a grown-up container huh that's like i have like a little tagline i do in essence at the end oh okay <laughs> all right all love right, you that's bye. Show. bye big kisses big kisses <laughs> hugs in a second okay we're doing a podcast wow you have viewers in australia yes who i don't know that's awesome though if hey if you're foreign uh in the comments type I am not American with four exclamation marks and then follow that with your country of origin, your credit card number, your full name, (laughs) the three magic numbers on the back and the expiration date. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What? Can we finish the credits, please? I'm trying to get feedback from your international viewers. I understand. And this is how you drive. What? Subscribe, like, 